At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Oh, it's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard. We're here for the next three hours to help you get set for NFL Conference Championship Sunday. Over the course of those three hours, make sure to tweet at the show, at VEASAN Live, at M.I. Pritchard, at Femi Abebefe. We want to hear from you guys what you have to say, what your thoughts are on this great day of football on the show. We have a six pack of guests this morning, starting in 45 minutes with Dieter Kurtenbach, sports columnist of Bay Area News Group. He's going to join us to give us the 49ers perspective in this afternoon's NFC title game. Jay Morrison, the Bengals beat writer for The Athletic at 10:15, talking, guess what? Cincinnati Bengals. Harold Coots, sports anchor at Fox 4 in Kansas City, checks in with us to discuss all things Kansas City Chiefs. And then Derek Stevens, the Circa Resort and Casino owner, and Mike Palm, his VP of operations share their thoughts on this day at 11:15, and then daniel alvari host of the la city cast chats with us at 11:30 to give us the rams perspective of this afternoon's game picks at 11:45. the pros perspective with pritch at 10 30 stop drop shut them down open up props at the top of hour number two nfl coaching carousel at 9 30 which team is in line to make the next move we discuss but first pritch how we doing, man? Get the lather going. It's Championship Sunday. Yeah, buddy. I do got a little lather going. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm fired up, Femi. Uh, I mean, we got a, a loaded show, like you just mentioned. Great job there. I mean, I cannot wait to break down these games and, and get this party started. It's going to be a fun day today. It's my favorite day of the year as a mm-hmm. football fan. The Super Bowl is a massive right. day when everything that goes into that. But it almost feels like the spectacle overshadows the game today is about football and we have two games starting in Kansas City with the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Cincinnati Bengals at BetMGM this line has gone down Pritch yesterday it was seven and a half now it's seven minus 110 each way Bengals catching seven total 54 and a half Chiefs minus 300 on the money line the Bengals plus 250 what stands out to you whether it be the side or total early thoughts AFC title. well I tell you what what stood out to me immediately was the fact that we had the extra sauce last week we talked about that with the winner gets to host the AFC Conference Championship game. And here you go. Fourth time in a row for the Chiefs 
hosting this game. And, and, you know, for players, this is a championship. You know, the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. That's the world's championship. But this is for the championship, the Marhunt Trophy, which you think about the Chiefs, it means a lot to them. Uh, so they take pride in that. And that's what stood out immediately to me. Uh, but I am surprised at this line. I mean, uh, it's fascinating because I know there's a lot of love on the Bengals. They lo people love the points. Uh, the situation there, but the Chiefs, you just cannot get it out of your mind how they played last week against Buffalo. Yeah. But I got news for people. I think the Bengals are a more complete team than the Buffalo Bills. Oh, hey now. <laughs> I do believe that the Bengals have more issues to present for the Chiefs, more so than the Chiefs defending Josh Allen. Uh, so uh, we'll stay tuned for that. We'll get into that for okay. sure. Uh, but no, I, this, this is an intriguing game all the way around. I cannot wait to see the kickoff of this one. Yeah, this Bengals team 12-7 and seven against the spread this season. They were 8-11 uh, and 11 to the over, so their games tended to go under. Kansas City Chiefs 10-9 and nine ATS, 12-7 and seven, though to the over. This total sitting at 54 mm -hmm. and a half. We saw these two teams play. That's the fascinating thing about this weekend is that these games were just played about like three weeks ago. Right. We'll, we'll talk about that in the NFL game in the next segment, but this game week 17, the Bengals upset the Chiefs 34 to 31. They were three and a half point home underdogs that day. Now they turn around in Kansas City catching a full touchdown here. The total in that game week 17 was 51. Mm -hmm. It flew over 34 to 31. Right? Yep. 65 points. Now we're seeing it at 54 and a half. This is higher than the total last week between the Chiefs and the Bills. Do you think we see fireworks at Arrowhead Stadium. I think the total is justified. I don't know about the over yet uh, because, you know, I break down these games from possessions. You know, you, you go back and you watch basketball, same kind of thing, possessions uh, per game. And, and so you're looking at this game uh, and like the Chiefs last week against Buffalo, we saw the fireworks in the last two minutes. Mm -hmm. But up until overtime, the Chiefs just had 10 drives. Think about that. The production level that the Kansas City Chiefs had and that game against Buffalo on 10 drives. Now, the overtime drive, the 11th drive, uh, yielded to 42 uh, points right there. Uh, and then, conversely, okay, it was a defensive struggle, problems offensively uh, with the offensive line for the Bengals in their matchup against the Titans. But they still produced 12 drives in that game. 12 drives. And so, if you can possess the football that many times. So, just trying to extrapolate this out in this game, I can see upwards of 11 and 12 drives in this game. Uh, which would be interesting about that total. I think the over does come and play in this one. Do you think Cincinnati is going to try to go to that ball control type of game? Because in the first game that we saw in week 17 when these two teams played, Kansas City only had three possessions in the second half there. Mm -hmm. And that kind of led to why they only scored three points in that half after scoring 28 in the first half. What do you think we'll see from Cincinnati and how they try to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field? Because that seems to be the best way to try to defend him. <laughs> right at this point, too. I mean, you have to do that. I think to protect Burrow, too, you have to be balanced. Uh, insert Joe Mixon. Uh, I think that guy could have a big game. Uh, certainly, he's going to be a, a very important part of the success of the Cincinnati Bengals today. Uh, so I'm looking for Joe Mixon to be involved early to keep that Kansas City defense honest because you cannot allow Kansas City to think that they can get after Joe Burrow for 60 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, therefore, you, you have to make sure that you're honest right there. And so I think Joe Mixon will play a significant role in this game. It's amazing just to think about this. Two years ago, the Cincinnati Bengals were in line to be picking number one overall in the draft. Mm -hmm. There happened to be this quarterback from LSU, Joe <laughs> Burrow, sitting there, national title winner. And now fast forward to today. This team is on the precipice of making the Super Bowl for the first time since the 1980s. We're talking the Boomer Esiason right. days. Chris Collinsworth on the field for Cincinnati. 88, right? right? 88 against yeah. the 49ers. Yep. So we're playing in the game later on this <laughs> afternoon. We'll see if we get a little vintage NFL rematch. But just 
Joe Burrow and how he's kind of transformed, and we're going to ask Jay Morrison about this question, the, the Bengals beat writer for The Athletic, just how he's kind of transformed this organization from the perennial losers that they've been over the course of the last two-plus decades to now where they're sitting here toe-to-toe going up against the two-time defending AFC champs. Well, first of all, when you're drafted that high and the number one overall pick, I mean, you have to have a ton of confidence. Uh, you think about Troy Aikman uh, and certainly the dynasty that that led to. I remember the early days for Aikman. It was a struggle. Uh, you know, remember the Walsh thing? You're a Cowboys yep. fan. Yeah. And so Jimmy Johnson trying to pull out the greatness of Troy Aikman was talking about, hey, I could trade you. You know, I, this is my quarterback. You're, mm-hmm. You got to earn it. And But I think what Joe Burrow did immediately is he earned the respect of a lot of people. Uh, he wasn't one of those entitled guys. He, uh, he's an Ohio player. He's 25 years old, too, in his second year. So he's got a maturity aspect to him. Uh, but I love his toughness. Uh, I love his grit. I love his accuracy. I I love the fact that he wants to be exciting with the football, too. And uh, that that bodes well for his career, for sure. But off to a great start. But his toughness uh, and his confidence. If you go back to that game against Kansas City, they overcame three double-digit deficits. They were down 14 points three times in that game uh, against uh, Kansas City. At home, I get it. I give you. But still, you, you have to have something special about you. Uh, for your team to believe in you that much. And we see the stats right here. It's off the charts uh, with the completion percentage and the quarterback rating. He was second in the National Football League this year for the entire year behind Aaron Rodgers in quarterback rating. Think about that as well. It's an impressive company to be a part of their Burrow in that game against the Kansas City Chiefs in Week 17. Threw for 446 passing yards right. and four touchdowns as they clinched the division that day. Joe Burrow likely going to be the comeback player of the year mm-hmm. in the NFL when those awards get announced. Now, earlier this week, by reporters. He was asked just about kind of the difficulty of getting to this point and now facing the ultimate AFC boogeyman now in Patrick Mahomes and what this will be like going forward today and also throughout the rest of his career. Near perfect. I think, you know, every week of the playoffs have has proven that, you know, it goes through Kansas City and, you know, Patrick Mahomes has been near perfect for four years however many years he's been starting so that's that's what it's going to take for for me you know it's not just a quarterback driven game you know it's a team game but you know i think wins and losses usually come down to how each quarterback plays (laughs) <laughs> With, that's right there. I mean, it he, is. He, and he's acknowledging right. how difficult this is going to be. And because I've heard the sentiment about the Bengals are playing with house money, mm-hmm. and but there's no guarantee they ever get back here. When you look at the other quarterbacks who are in the AFC, I mean, you have Justin Herbert who was in the same draft with him. Lamar Jackson is a former MVP. Mahomes is sitting out there as well. There's so many good quarterbacks in this conference that. It's going to take near-perfect play to get to this point as they have and to surpass it and get to the Super Bowl. The journey is what you respect as a player. Uh, by the way, I cannot get over the hat and the, the full Macaulay Culkin right there, right? I can't get over that. I can't That's get over the name that. that popped through my head. I was like, <laughs> exactly. was this home alone? <laughs> I think so. I think so. But the journey is incredible, though. Uh, when you think about even Josh Allen, like he did not get a Division One scholarship offer. Yeah. Think about that. And so the journey for this guy, it feeds his his competitiveness it it feeds his drive Joe Burrow transferred from Ohio State he went to LSU won a national championship I think you got to understand that journey and and the drive that these players are playing with the passion that they have it's same thing with Tom Brady who held that for 22 years Uh, (laughs) the the fact that he was picked in the sixth round so uh, when you find special players like this and they're driven Femi uh, special things happen 
Uh, and we've seen that already with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I don't think anybody would have guessed that this team had a preseason win total of six and a half. And here they find themselves just one win away yeah. from making it to Super Bowl 56. Now, Joe Burrow's passing yards prop, talk about near perfect. Mm-hmm. 291 and a half, minus 115 juice each way over under Mahomes, just a tick above him, 293 and a half. Would you go over or under on either guy here? We got about 30 seconds. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about that. I, I still, I have some props in my plays in pocket mm-hmm. right now, but I'm, I'm considering the Joe Burrow prop because uh, for me, for the Bengals to win this game, and I'm thinking about the Bengals and what they're thinking about has what do we need to do to win the game? We have to be balanced. Yeah. And so therefore, the explosive plays could be there, but I just don't know uh, about the opportunities, especially if the game plan has unveiled itself and is successful. Yeah, we're going to talk props coming up later on in the show. Also, our picks at 11.45 to wrap things up. Plenty of time as we begin our breakdown of Championship Sunday because on the other side, it's time for the NFC. The third meeting this season, 49ers Rams. We discuss it. It's betting across America here, presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Inside the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard as we get you set for Championship Sunday in the NFL. We broke down the Bengals Chiefs in the last segment. We'll have more on that coming up throughout the show. But now we want to turn our attention to the NFC title game. It's the trilogy of this heated rivalry out there in the NFC West. 49ers taking on the L.A. Rams at BetMGM. The Rams, three-and-a-half-point favorites with a total at 45-and-a-half. Pretty similar to the market we saw week 18 Mm -hmm. in that winner-go-home game for San Francisco. The Rams were playing for the division title. They lost but still were able to clinch that after the Cardinals lost that game. But when you look at this market here, Pritch, very similar to what we saw a few weeks ago. What jumps out to you? That is spicy. (laughs) That it is spicy. Uh, It is 49ers and Rams at no holds barred. (laughs) Turn the lights out. Let's get after it. Uh, I mean, this game is going to have so much intensity in it. Uh, The familiarity uh, aspect is off the charts, too. So you love that. Even though what is the four uh, and a six seed here, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you're not concerned about that because – one, LA's at home. San Francisco travels well. We're going to get a festive crowd, too. So you're going to get everything 
uh, in this NFC Conference Championship game. I and mean, I love it. I, I love the matchup across the board. I love the fact that each team is identical yeah. offensively. Uh, they run the both. They run. They both run the same scheme offensively. Yep. Now defensively, uh, a little different. Uh, single high safety looks you're gonna have to deal with. Uh, but both teams are gonna be well coached and well prepared for this one. It's gonna be. It's gonna boil down to matchups for me. You know who's got the better players? Who's got the tougher players? Because I think you're gonna hear a lot of noise in this game. Bring the noise is, is the <laughs> mantra I believe. There we go. Uh, for uh, both teams here because they want to mix it up and be highly physical out there. So. Uh, sit back and enjoy this one, ladies and gentlemen, because it's going to be a great game, I believe. Yeah, I think this is going to be a terrific game here. You mentioned toughness, and that's where I yeah. kind of want to start because that seems to be the discussion, the narrative mm -hmm. surrounding this game is that the 49ers are the bullies on the block. And they're, they've are they been coming to people's hometowns. They went to Dallas, yep. bullied the Cowboys. They went to Green Bay, bullied the Packers. And now they're coming to the Rams where they bullied them in that second half and in overtime in week 18. Do you believe that they can bully these guys again, or do the Rams step up to the occasion and meet them at their intensity level. You noticed that in that second half, didn't you? <laughs> I think a lot of people <laughs> did, including the Rams, though. Including mm -hmm. the Rams, and here's why. Because the Rams against the Cardinals bullied them. Yep. Like, I think when you watch that tape, and I'm, I'm putting myself in the, in the locker room with the Rams, and, and that second half was different uh, against the 49ers in terms of the physical nature of that football game. The Rams didn't want any part of that. Right. Okay, we're in the playoffs. We're good. Uh, San Francisco was the more desperate team. Well, you got to be desperate in this matchup, right? This is the NFC Conference Championship game to go into the Super Bowl and the host that game at home, too. Uh, so the Rams, ironically, found their extra toughness or extra level of toughness after that 49ers game. So you take that into the Cardinals game. The Cardinals didn't want anything to do with that football game. Let me go home. But they lost let before me, they stepped on the field. Let me take my football and go home back to Arizona quickly. Uh, and that was apparent. And then even against Tampa Bay, they overwhelmed that team. They were more physical uh, and more brash, if you will, in that football game. And Tampa's at home, and they're defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, but yet they didn't show up that way. Uh, the Rams did. The Rams got off the bus in a mean way. Uh, and so uh, I look for the Rams to continue that. And if they do, then well, let's see how the 49ers react to that level of physicality out there. How much do you factor in almost that the 49ers have been playing playoff football since about week 16? Yeah. I think you could make an argument for it. Going back to that Texans game when Trey Lance was starting for them, like they have been in such a winner-go-home mentality for so long. Does it, is, it, is it a clear advantage for them now being in this spot? that they've been used to this or for the Rams now that the Rams have a couple playoff games that they can kind of match that sort of urgency, I guess. You know, I think the 49ers get more confident in this game because it's the Rams, you know, on the road against Green Bay, maybe you're not as confident. It kind of showed offensively. Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't there. The execution, I mean, they were physical. They were intense. But the execution in terms of scoring points just wasn't there consistently uh, against Green Bay. But in this one, this is somebody that you're familiar with and they're in your way now. Uh, and so uh, if you're the 49ers, you got this far. Who is in our way? A team that we're highly confident against, a team that we've beaten down a few times. Uh, and so we're going to play better. Uh, I could imagine, or I will imagine, that the 49ers are going to execute better offensively. They need to. Only two touchdowns so far uh, offensively in the playoffs for this 49ers <laughs> football team. 
it's amazing that they <laughs> right. are at this point. When you here. think about it, right? But I think they scored those two touchdowns in the first half against Dallas, I believe exactly. it was. And then they haven't really scored a touchdown since mm-hmm. special teams being the uh, the scoring avenue for them against the Green Bay Packers with that block punt here. But Kyle Shanahan is in a very, very advantageous situation, at least for what he's been throughout his career as an underdog. Since 2017 for this 49ers team, Shanahan is 27-17 and 17 ATS as a dog. He's won six straight against this L.A. Rams team here. McVeigh was asked about the whole in-your-head thing, and mm-hmm. he's of course he's going to say no there, but is it something X to the nose-wise you think that the Rams just cannot get over in terms of a hurdle? Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I think for the most part it's that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers have perfected the zone, wide zone rushing scheme. So just to break it down a little bit, uh, it's, a, it's a bang, bend, or burst option. It's a one-cut option for a running back. So uh, if you think about flow, like the 49ers can create with their offensive line, uh, if you flow with the offensive line as a defense, then the 49ers will get a hat on the hat. The unblocked guy is going to be deep in the secondary. So as a running back, I'm going to bang it up in there. I'm going to get four or five yards, keep us above the chains. Now, if they overflow, now we got leverage. And so now as a running back, I'm going to bend it back, and maybe I'll get a big play because there's usually only one unblocked player. And if I can make that player miss or if I get wide receivers blocking down the field, you know, I'm banging my head against the goalposts. But if they don't overflow and they, they, they kind of are slow to react, now I can burst it to the outside, right? Mm-hmm. And so we still have leverage. So the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan has perfected the zone, the wide zone rushing scheme. Uh, and it's hard to stop. And, and so you have to be a premium player on the edges. Von Miller's going to have to step up. Leonard Floyd is going to have to step up. Those linebackers are going to have to key on their keys and be disciplined. Because if they're not and the, the ball gets up to the safety, you can see big play after big play from the 49ers today. We talked about it last week, this 49ers team and their seasons being so volatile since Kyle Shanahan took over in 2017. Mm-hmm. They've had seasons where they've been picking in the top three due to injuries. Last year, that ended up being the case there, being a lackluster team after the injuries. 2019, they stayed healthy. They made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Probably should have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs here. Now they find themselves here once again. And earlier this week, Kyle Shanahan was asked by reporters about what it takes to kind of get back to this spot as they are one win away from reaching the Super Bowl once again. I was pretty committed when I got in this profession doing everything you can to have an opportunity to someday win a Super Bowl. Um, losing those, um, it's hard to say it makes it stronger because I feel like it's that's how, how, how I started off. Um, but it, you know how hard it is to get there. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, it's how hard it is to get there, and you just want an opportunity to get there again because um, you feel if you can get there, you can do it. Um, but I, I know, I know the road that it takes to get there, and it's, it's not easy. Um, and you're looking for every second you can to get that opportunity again. Think about how different things were. Middle of the season, this was a below 500 team, and now they're one win away from reaching the Super Bowl for a second time in three seasons. That's truly incredible. It really is, but it shows you the coaching ability for Kyle. I mean, I know people kind of clown on his the fact that he's feast or famine. Mm-hmm. Like, he, either he's going to go to the Super Bowl or he's not going to make the playoffs. He's going to have a losing season, <laughs> which is fascinating. But the pedigree is off the charts for Kyle. I mean, his dad, Mike, you go back to when they were going to Super Bowls as a as a offensive-minded coach with the Broncos in the late 80s. Uh, and then he felt how tough it was to get back to the Super Bowl and win it. Uh, and then, you know, you prevail and you win it with the 49ers. You move on to the Broncos. You go back as a head coach. And uh, Kyle saw all this. 
You know, he saw his father go through the roller coaster, the emotions of going to Super Bowls and losing, and then certainly uh, overcoming and winning uh, championships. So he knows the journey very, very well, and I think he conveyed that to his players to get his players to respond that way. And uh, he's been fantastic this year, uh, getting the most out of all these guys, even though a lot of people didn't have the 49ers in his spot at the end of the year. Three and five was their record on November 7th mm-hmm. of this season here. They've only lost twice since then at Seattle, which you're going to have to explain that to me at <laughs> some point at Seattle and then at Tennessee against the Titans who happen to be the best record in the AFC. So that's, understandable Mm -hmm. in terms of that loss. But interesting enough, though, in both of those games, Jimmy Garoppolo threw for 299 yards against the Seahawks, 322 against the Titans. So we're going to talk props later on. Something that's an interesting thing I want you to stow away for props, depending on how you think this game could play out, could be a game to where Jimmy Garoppolo's passing yards prop presents a little bit of value here. But this game, the Rams, it feels like they're almost their manhood is being tested here, heading into it with a lot of folks just challenging them about their toughness. Well, it is being tested, to be honest with you. Von Miller in particular, because we know him as a pass rusher, uh, an edge guy, not a physical player. And, and the 49ers, they like to be physical on the wings, on the edges, to get to the perimeter. So uh, he's going to have to step up big time. Same thing with Leonard Floyd. I mean, he's a, he's a slender outside linebacker, and that's the thing. The Rams are a 3-4 built team, and so they're light on the outside, on the edges. We'll see how uh, they respond to the physical nature of the 49ers. On the other side, we're going to take a peek at some of the first half numbers to see if we can get some value in this game with the first half bets, plus the NFL coaching carousel. It's spinning around. Who might be next? We'll discuss it here. It's Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VEASAN is part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on championship weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on VEASAN.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VEASAN betting experts before, during, and after the action on VEASAN.com. It is betting across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe alongside Mike Pritchard. Championship Sunday in the NFL. We're coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Pritch, we broke down both of these games, Mm -hmm. the AFC and NFC title games, from the full perspective. But I wanted to kind of hone in on the first halves here. Because from your – as a player – what is the first half adjustments kind of like going into a game of this magnitude? Let's say for the perhaps stance, the Cincinnati Bengals, who are kind of coming into this as a team with no pressure. The betting market thinks they're going to lose the game outright. We'll see what happens with the spread. But in terms of the outright winning, they have about a 20-something percent chance to win that game. What is the mentality going into these games of just how you want to start in a game of this magnitude with these kind of stakes? You know, it's so important to establish who you are as a team. Offensively, the Bengals are an explosive team. They're a young team. Uh, they love to make big plays as well. And uh, they're, you know, the core group, they're all under 25. So uh, you have to make sure that your game plan is working. You don't want these mm-hmm. young guys to panic on the sidelines. So you think about Zach Taylor as a head coach. He's Sean McVay East. You know, he really is. All four of these coaches, highly familiar. They run the same systems, all of them. Uh, There's variations to them. Uh, But for the Bengals, you know, it's establishing that running game. Now, it's not being predictable with it. You still have to throw the ball on first down. 
Uh, and I fully expect the Bengals to have that type of a game plan where it's aggressive, but yet trying to keep Kansas City honest. So it's imperative that they are successful rushing the football uh, because they can't hold up individually as an offensive line protecting Joe Burrow. I think they understand their weaknesses right there as an O-line, one-on-one matchups. And if Spagnolo, the defense coordinator for the Chiefs, gets them in that situation, then everything starts to mount. Mm-hmm. The pressure, uh, the chaos on the sideline, coming up with a new game plan, adjustments like that. So it's, a, it's very important uh, for the Bengals to start quickly in this game, in my opinion. I think almost conversely, do you think – Kansas City, I'm sure, would love to start fast. They don't need to. They don't need to. Yeah, <laughs> that's like almost to. the question. Because, right. I mean, 2018 against the Tennessee Titans, they got down 10 mm-hmm. nothing, I believe, in that game. Like, this team has been there, done that, so it's not really as imperative for them to get out of the blocks with a fast start. Right. They can have a volume of plays, whether it's over 70 plays, including overtime last week, or they don't have to have a volume of plays and still produce big plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a team that has continuity on their side. And we saw the clips, we heard the clips, Kelsey uh, adjusting in overtime or leading to overtime as they go down in 13 seconds in two plays uh, and kick a field goal and get to overtime. So uh, the continuity aspect is, again, it's off the charts with the Kansas City Chiefs. They're highly confident, too. Uh, and so they can make up and they can have the adjustments to their advantage. Eric Bieniemy, and Andy Reid, they've been together forever. They can make adjustments throughout the game. So, therefore, from an in-game standpoint, Femi, uh, if you see any – opportunity with the Kansas City Chiefs, whether they're trailing or not. I mean, that that gets attractive to me. That's for sure. The first half line in this game is Chiefs minus four and a half, even money over at BetMGM. If you want the Bengals, that four in the hook, you have to pay minus 120. The total, 27 and a half. Mm -hmm. So if you like over, you're expecting there to be four touchdowns and four successful extra points in the first half. That's quite a bit of points there for a championship type of game and how these games typically type to play out here. Mm -hmm. Would you do anything with this first half market here, whether it be the side or the total? I, I would not. Um, I, I think the unknown for me in this first game, it, it would be the, the Bengals and how do they respond mm-hmm. to the expectations or, or the fact that they're finally here in this game. Like, uh, you could be on cloud nine, uh, and certainly you could ride that and the momentum, but now you're here. And now you're looking across the field against the Chiefs for all the marbles almost, if you, if you want to go there. Uh, even though they beat the Chiefs down, uh, playing in Arrowhead is different. I, I think Buffalo had an advantage last week because they played there. Uh, the Bengals playing in Arrowhead, this is going to be a different environment for them. Yeah. Uh, and so I want to see how they respond, even though they did respond okay last week in Tennessee. But this Arrowhead's different. Arrowhead is different than Tennessee. And then the fact that the Chiefs, uh, they've been in this position three other times prior to this one. And uh, the fans know that too, and they're going to help out that football team today. In the NFC game, Talk about needing a fast start. It probably has to be the L.A. Rams right. in this game with all the talk all week long being that you haven't beaten this team in six straight tries. How important or what do you think the conversation is like in the locker room going on about 90 minutes, two hours before kickoff about how they have to kind of get on the right foot or it could be here we go again yeah. against the Niners? See, I, I think this game has the potential of being one of those fights where they feel each other out because they're going to be so familiar with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they can just come out and throw blows. Uh, and if they throw <laughs> blows, then, then you're going to be able to pick up on that as an end game better. Uh, and so uh, if they're filling each other out, then this game is going to reveal itself in the second half. So we know both coaches script. Kyle might script 20, 24 plays in this one. And if he's 
successful early on with his script, then that's dangerous. Uh, that can be an explosive moment. Uh, Sean McVay on the other side, too. He scripts, and uh, I don't think he goes that high, maybe up to 12 or 15 plays. Uh, but again, the fact that both of these coaches script their plays, you're going to be able to get a feel for the game if you're in tune that way. The fact that both of these games are recent rematches, Bengals-Chiefs, we saw it in Cincinnati Week 17, Niners-Rams, we saw it in Week 18, the regular season finale. Now we're seeing it just three weeks later. How do you think that factors in the familiarity aspect mm -hmm. of what teams like to show early on right. versus what they might show in the second half? Well, you know, I, I think for the Bengals, the fact that they beat the Kansas City Chiefs just recently, uh, I, you know, it's not about revealing everything because – we all know what you're going to do. I mean, mm -hmm. we got tape, we got cut-ups, we got every situation imaginable broken down specifically. And if you studied and did your homework as a player, then you're going to know uh, what the other team is doing. It's just about executing, right, execution. And, and so there'll be some wrinkles in there, though. There'll be some looks and, and some changes just to kind of throw off a defense. But the core plays are what's going to get you through the finish line. Uh, executing those core plays at the highest level is going to help you win the game. Uh, so I expect some of these teams, especially the Bengals, to really focus in on what they do well. Is that the back shoulder throw to Jamar Chase? Is that Boyd in the middle? Is that Higgins uh, a mismatch on the outside because of his height? Uh, certainly the tight end that they can utilize in Mixon. Mm -hmm. I think using him in a balanced fashion really helps uh, the Bengals keep the Kansas City Chiefs defense off balance. And then on the other side, too, it keeps Patrick Mahomes on the sideline as well. I want to ask you about the L.A. Rams because since that Week 18 game, we've seen this team be on a tear mm -hmm. in the first half of the games. Even in the game against the 49ers when they lost 27-24 in overtime, they led at halftime 17-3. to They were up 17 nothing with 6.44 left to go in the second quarter. The following week in the wild card game against the Cardinals, they were up 21 nothing at halftime. Last week against the Buccaneers, they were up 20-3 to at halftime. Now at BetMGM, the Rams are laying three. The, the, the full game spread is three and a half, right. but the Rams are laying three in, in the first half. half against this Niners team. That is a bad matchup for them from all the prognosticators throughout the week total at 23 and a half. Is this a situation to where like maybe if you like the Niners, you almost wait in game like as much as everybody loves this Niners team in the matchup. If the Rams are going to do what they've been doing over the last month, you're going to get a much better number in game right. versus betting this pre-flop here against a team that tends to start fast under Sean McVay. Absolutely, especially if the Rams uh, win the toss and they take the ball offensively, go down the field and score. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what is that in-game situation going to be? I mean, like you said, uh, the Rams are laying three in the first half here, which is attractive from a 49ers standpoint. Yeah. I have not played that, but that is attractive because I, I do know from a script standpoint, uh, in this zone rushing game, uh, if the Rams are not – I think they're going to match the intensity. I think they're going to be juiced up, amped up for sure. But it's one thing to go into the game with those intentions, and then it's another thing to sustain that, right? Everybody's got a plan. Everybody's got a plan. <laughs> <laughs> but when somebody's coming at you and they hit you and you don't know where they came from, you're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that gets interesting right there. I, I, I mean, that, that first half situation with the Rams laying three, that very, very interesting for the 49ers if you can catch three points in the first half. What do you think happens to this Rams team in the second half? Mm -hmm. Because we saw it against the 49ers. Right. They only scored seven points in that second half uh, in the game that they lost in overtime. 
against the Cardinals, they kind of took the gas, the, they took the pedal off the, mm-hmm. you know, the foot off of the gas right there because they were cruising in that game. But last week against the Buccaneers, they were outscored. I mean, it was 24 to 10 in the second half there. They almost lost the game after being up 27 to 3 at one point. Is it just conservative play calling from Sean McVay, or are you seeing something else that's affecting this Rams team in the second half? The turnovers. So go back to the turnovers. I mean, you're thinking about possessions. So if your possessions go down in the playoffs, which they typically do, and you're talking about 10 possessions and you turn the ball over three times or two times, now you just negated opportunities and gave the other team more opportunities. So I think the Rams' attention to detail with with protecting the football, turnovers whether it's Stafford throwing it or who's ever toting the rock, uh, you, you have to make sure you don't give the ball away, especially to the 49ers. We got both quarterbacks in that game are turnover prone right. with Matthew Stafford <laughs> being one, Jimmy Garoppolo being the other. We'll see if we have much faith in Jimmy Garoppolo on the other side when Dieter Kurtenbach, the Bay Area News Group sports columnist, joins us to discuss all things NFC Championship game here. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Don't go away. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Jim welcomes you with a special offer on the last pro football playoff round before the big game. Simply place a $10 money line wager on either game, and if any team scores a touchdown, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy the playoffs like never before and earn M-Life rewards that you can redeem at any MGM MGM resort, I should say. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code VEASAN200. Visit the website for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard as we discuss and get you guys set for NFL Conference Championship Sunday. We've been talking about these games at length and to help us get ready for this afternoon's game between the Rams and the 49ers. He is Dieter Kurtenbach, sports columnist of Bay Area News Group. You've seen him on the green zone here all throughout the regular season. Dieter, we appreciate you joining us this morning. And we got to start off with the big fella, Trent Williams, on the offense. 
offensive line for the San Francisco 49ers, probably the best left tackle in the league. If he doesn't play, we all think he will, but if he doesn't play, how will that affect the San Francisco offense? Well, he didn't play when these teams matched up in week 18, and uh, the Niners got away with it, but just barely, as we saw in that game. They would be starting somebody named Colton McKivitz. The fall-off between Trent Williams and just about anybody is absolutely huge. The fall-off between Trent Williams and Colton McKivitz is chasmic, and the 49ers <laughs> need to protect Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, every quarterback needs to be protected. Jimmy Garoppolo probably needs a little bit more protection than most, and Colton McKivitz and Tom Compton as the two tackles against Von Miller and an Aaron Donald that's been pushed outside plenty, especially as we saw in the Tampa Bay game. That could be really dangerous for San Francisco. I think Trent Williams is worth a point in this game legitimately, so we'll see if he plays or not, and we'll see how well he can play if he does. Dieter, love to get your input on the fact that the 49ers, they've been bullied. I mean, they push people around. I think their identity is uh, one to be physical. Uh, ironically, coming into this game, if you go back to that uh, last game of the season matchup, uh, the Rams saw themselves getting pushed around in that second half, and then they responded against the Cardinals in Tampa. Has that been noticed by the offensive front for the 49ers, understanding that the Rams, they're that uh, sleeping giant that we woke up at the last game of the season? Well, there's no question that the Rams brought more physicality in the Week 18 game. It's almost impossible to not bring more physicality than they had when these two teams matched up in Week 10. You can't really divide by zero. So it was certainly more. <laughs> it was tight. It was tight in that game, right? The 49ers, according to the NFL, had a 0.4% chance of winning when Robbie Gold, their place kicker, was punting away with less than two minutes to go down by seven. So they pulled off a modern miracle to win that game. And, and certainly that's not to take anything away from San Francisco, but the level of physicality for the Rams did increase. I don't know if necessarily though, we should point to those Cardinals and Buccaneers games as, Oh wow. The Rams physicality is up. Those are two modern offenses that the Rams defense in particular is built to stop. And the 49ers are a throwback offense through and through 21 personnel. They want to run it 35 times a game, whether it's smart or not. And the Rams have such a light box. They only use one linebacker. Most of the time they'll put a couple guys on the line, but most of them are dropping back. They want to cover against, you know, three wide, four, four wide. In the case of uh, Arizona, five wide receiver sets. And they do an excellent job of that. But San Francisco has two wide receivers on the field. And one of them's out there to block most of the time. So we'll see how physical they can be. If they can't match the physicality, if they can't get more weight in the box, 49ers are going to run it all over them. And it's going to be a shootout. And we'll see how that one goes because Matt Stafford's got the weapons to certainly win a shootout too. We're speaking with Dieter Kurtenbach, sports columnist of Bay Area News Group here, talking to all things 49ers, Rams, NFC title game, kicking off 3.30 over at SoFi Stadium. Dieter, you're in L.A. What should we expect from the crowd distribution? It's been the discussion all week long. Is this going to be 60-40 49ers fans this afternoon? Am I in Los Angeles? It sure doesn't feel uh, <laughs> it, it is going to be out of control with the red. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what that's worth, but the Rams had to go to a silent count in week 18 at home. Uh, that is definitely going to happen again today. I, this is all anecdotal evidence. Some of the ticket brokers are saying that it's going to be even more than last time, which is about 60, 40. Uh, some people are guesstimating that it might be, you know, 70, 30, 75, 25. Uh, either way, it's pretty clear that 49ers fans have been making the, the <laughs> getting on the cheap flights down here. Uh, and they had to take the cheap flights because apparently tickets are absolutely out of control for this game because Niners fans keep bumping it up. But yeah, we're calling it the timeshare up in the Bay Area. This is where we come down every now and again. And 
Dieter, I got to get your Dieter, I got to get your thoughts about Devo Samuel. I mean, <laughs> there's some uh, pretty attractive props out there. I've bet a few of them, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. But the impact of, of Devo Samuel, like, I know he's a special player, but help us understand, you know, when, when they use him as a running back and certainly use him as a wide receiver, is the fact that defenses can't declare what he is on the field or, or what yeah. is it about Debo Samuel that makes him so special? Well, it, it starts with the fact that he's just a great football player. And we saw this when he was at South Carolina. You couldn't quite put your finger on why it was he kept running past SEC defenses like four or five times a game, just running right past him. And you look at some of the, the you know, the spider graphs and the combine tests, and it's like he's a great athlete. There's no question about that. But relative to his peers, he's not like a hyper elite athlete, but he's tough, he's physical, and he just has a nose for finding open space on the field. So when they put him in as a running back, he's more of their big hitter sort of the lightning option next to Elijah Mitchell. As a wide receiver, he can really body up cornerbacks, especially now when we're in the, the playoffs and they're letting a little bit more go. He can body up a cornerback, box him out, get it. But he nailed it with the defense not being able to declare. And that's huge against the Rams because, again, they're almost always in a nickel or more specifically a dime set. If Debo Samuel is out there as a wide receiver and now suddenly he's in the backfield, uh, they are light. They stay light in the box. And Debo Samuel is as good of a running back as any running back in the NFL right now. So uh, it really allows Kyle Shanahan to get weird, put the Rams in disadvantageous defensive personnel. And if Kyle Shanahan has a small advantage, he'll make it a big advantage. And Debo Samuel has been the keystone to unlocking a lot of things for the 49ers since they started moving Debo into the backfield in week 10 against the Rams. Ever since then, Niners have been one of the better teams in the NFL. Dieter, we got about three minutes left. I want to get to a few more things with you here, but all the advantages seem like they're pointing towards the 49ers in terms of the X's and O's. The advantages in terms of the crowd look like they're pointing toward the 49ers as well. It looks like it's going to be uh, Levi South out there at SoFi Stadium. What should be the biggest concern for the Niners heading into this game? There's no question about it. It's K1 Williams, their slot cornerback, which I don't actually like that term. That's an oxymoron. Let's say Nickelback. Uh, and he has been barbecue chicken as of late. He, he has not been good in man-to-man -man all season. He's not a man-to-man -man guy. He's somebody who is great against the run. The Niners like to stay in nickel personnel because he is great against the run. He's a de facto linebacker, but he's been cooked now the last couple of weeks. Amari Cooper got him for a touchdown in the wild card game. Devontae Adams could have had 20 catches for 250 yards if Aaron Rodgers decided to just keep going back to the slot on every single play. There was no answer. Even when they started bracketing, there was no answer uh, that, that K1 Williams could provide against Devontae Adams. And now he gets Cooper Cup or Odell Beckham Jr. And we'll see if Van Jefferson plays, but Van Jefferson can get him too. Uh, the Niners really need to watch the seam. And they're a team that, that rushes four, drops seven. They're going to play zone. But in third down, if D'Amico Ryan's the defensive coordinator, wants to bring some pressure, they have to enforce the slot because Matt Stafford's way too smart, and he has done it way too many times this season. They're just going to throw it to Cup in the slot, and I know that K1 Williams can't guard him. Yeah, Cooper Cup's receiving yards prop at BetMGM, 101.5. It's astronomical, but <laughs> might be a play to the over. Yeah. With that, yeah, Dieter agrees right there. We got 90 seconds left. I want to ask two more questions. After what we've seen throughout these playoffs, how much faith do you have in Jimmy Garoppolo? 
I have zero faith in Jimmy Garoppolo, but that doesn't really matter because I'm not playing. Um, listen, it is it is an absolute roller coaster ride. It's great entertainment. He's getting traded at the end of the season. Trey Lance is on this team for a reason, and right now the 49ers are laughing their way to the bank because they won. They got exactly what they wanted. They wanted to go as far as they could in the playoffs. They're playing with house money right now, and they want to get a really nice draft pick for Jimmy Garoppolo when they trade him this upcoming offseason, and I can't imagine that they're not going to be able to do that, even with the way Jimmy has played as of late, just the quote-unquote winner aspect of him some team's going to give up something good in about 30 seconds what's your prediction for the game today i think that jimmy garoppolo has a good game i know that i'm talking (laughs) out of both sides of my mouth the rams leave the middle of the field wide open troy reader the linebacker you want to talk about barbecue chicken that dude's been on the roast for a long time um it, it is i think i think that jimmy has been saving one up uh and he can just do what he does best toss those slants to the middle of the field. I think it keeps the 49ers as a two-dimensional offense, and I think the 49ers' run defense will make the Rams a one-dimensional offense. And I think that's ultimately the difference in the game. I would take the over. I would take the Niners and the points, and, hell, I might even throw some money on the money line for the Niners, too. How about that? If the Niners pull it off, Dieter, we're going to make you stay in SoFi in the L.A. area because we'll be playing there in a couple weeks there. Dieter Kurtenbach, sports columnist for Bay Area News Group. We appreciate you joining us here on Betting Across America. We'll hopefully talk soon. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. How about that? Likes the Niners for the points. Likes the over. I kind of want to discuss that with you because to me, I feel like this game is going to go a little bit more higher scoring than people suggest here. We'll discuss it. But stop, drop, shut them down, open up props on the other side. Hour number two, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.